What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Two guys, five movies. One of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You're listening to the Quick Cage, and uh, Frank, go ahead and do the thing. So, tonight we're going to talk about uh, the 1990 uh, military action film Firebirds. Oh shit! Yeah, much hyped over the past several months since I found out it was about helicopters. Um, if I'm going to describe this movie in like broad strokes. I would tell you that it's Top Gun as written by David, it was written by, um, what's his name, uh, Milius, John Milius, mm, John Milius, with all of John Milius's nuance removed from his script writing. Mm-hmm. So just imagine all the pro-military, pro-American um, rhetoric, but with no subtlety whatsoever. Um, and all the basic beats of Top Gun without any of the characterization or um, decent acting in that movie. And I think Top Gun is incredibly overrated, but this movie is like the poor man's Top Gun. Yeah. Um, So it stars uh, alongside uh, Mr. Cage, a young Mr. Cage, um, Tommy Lee Jones and Sean Young. Okay, Sean Young. Okay. And it's basically a 90-minute commercial for um, the Apache attack helicopters. Like, that's generally the entire movie. It's just about how awesome the Apache attack helicopters are. So, basic plot. Oh, my gosh. You don't even know, man. Um, I got to see a lot of helicopters. So, you know, the 10-year-old of me was, like, super stoked through this Mm. entire movie. Um, so the basic premise is that in South America, it actually opens with a quote from George Bush. Um, <laughs> and I, I meant to take a screenshot of it because it's up there for a minute, but I was um, laying in bed and I didn't feel like getting my phone. Um, but the quote is, in essence, um, in order to help our neighbors win the war on drugs, the U.S. military is willing to lend any and all resources needed to combat this like dire threat or something like that. Mm-hmm. George Bush. Um, and it's weird to see him referred to as just George Bush and not right. like George H.W. Bush or whatever, considering like, you know, what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nick Cage is this hotshot helicopter pilot uh, that's been assigned to help wipe out the cartels in South America. Um, so he's fly pilot in this helicopter. Um, it's like a Cobra helicopter, I think is what they call it. Um, and they're escorting a Blackhawk to go in and like take out this cartel. But there's this highly maneuverable. Um, it's called a, they they call it a Scorpion, which I looked it up, and it's not a real like helicopter. Um, piloted by this 
um, like super proficient mercenary, um, Eric Stoller, who's working with the cartels, and he takes out like all the helicopters except for Nick Cage. Nick Cage escapes. So then, in front of a meeting of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Nick Cage basically tells them, "You got to let me go back in and take out these cartels." Because that's what's right for all the people that died. And so even though like the top military brass is at first like hesitant to send people back in, like after Cage's um really just like monotone not stirring speech, like they're all like spurred into action. They're like, yeah. Um, we gotta send Jake Preston, that's Nick Cage's character. We gotta send him back in there. But first he's gotta learn how to pilot the Apache helicopter. I'm I'm so, so I'm so, I'm so done with this movie already. Oh my god, you would <laughs> You would be so you would be disgusted throughout the whole thing, but I thought I I thought it was amazing. So if you ever want to look at like like if you ever want to put a pin in the moment where Nick Cage's ego like balloons to an insufferable point, I think it's playing Jake Preston in this movie because this man has no flaws, no sense of like propriety or self it's just he's all fucking id and he's all in like all the time so there's this really long sequence of scenes because there's not really particularly a narrative in this movie it's mostly just like (laughs) here's a bunch of helicopter shit Mm -hmm. um so it turns out that his ex-girlfriend who's played by sean young um is a pilot for these spotter helicopters that kind of like work with the Apaches and like kind of hide behind terrain and they have periscopes on them or something almost. That was actually kind of the coolest part of the movie was like watching all that stuff, like almost like watching like the history channel or something basically. Right. Um, but she broke it off with Nick Cage because he's too in love with helicopters to be in love with her. Gotcha. Like that's, that's the entire, that's, that's the whole plot of the subplot of this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And him saying, hey, you want to get a drink with me? And her saying, no, I don't want to get a drink with you. And that happens like seven times. Is Sean Young as unimpressive as she is in pretty much everything else? Uh, probably less so here. Um, less impressive, I guess, if that's the way that I'm <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought, um, okay. All right. she's, she's a cardboard cutout, basically. Like, she has no characterization or depth really she's just kind of like she's supposed to be this like sexy love interest but they dress her like real frumpy and they give her that weird like short tight sean young haircut right that makes her kind of look like huck finn or something and i don't know i mean i guess that like you see why he loves her because they're both just like these vapid nothings but um so Tommy Lee Jones is the grizzled flight instructor that's got to get all these guys, but particularly Jake Preston, because everyone's so impressed with him, um, up to speed with the Apache attack helicopter so they can go back to the cartels and take out this highly maneuverable single helicopter. Instead of just like bombing the cartels because they know where their base is, they got to go in and like take them out mm-hmm. so they can arrest the leaders of the cartel mm-hmm. because, you know, we're America and we don't do things like surreptitious or whatever like we're we're on the up and up so we're gonna go sure. and like 
we're going to go in straight in and like take them out. The, the real so, story is that we didn't. <laughs> the real story is not that we landed that Apache helicopter and funneled the drugs into this country, right? Right, right. So, um, Nick Cage, Jake Preston has um, this co-pilot, uh, fucking Digger, I think is his name or something. Mm. Breaker. Breaker is his name. Um, so Breaker's the, Breaker's the gunner and Preston is the pilot. So they have this, I swear to God, this 10 minute sequence where they put him in like one of those virtual reality like flight simulators. Mm-hmm. So they can show off the technology of the virtual reality flight simulator. So that's a scene of like the most early 90s computer graphics. So it's like you're watching like Chuck Yeager's flight simulator like two or something like that. Yeah. Um with Nick Cage going, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. Who's the best? I'm the best. <laughs> going to get him. Going to get him. <laughs> Got him, breaker. Got him, breaker. I'm the greatest. I swear to God, it's like 10 minutes of that. Like him just talking <laughs> about that. So fucking why is he sound sounds like Uncle Remus or something? Yeah, you know. <laughs> So Tommy Lee Jones keeps turning up the difficulty dial and the guy that he's working with is like, oh, we're taking him from Yamaha to Xylophone or what I don't know, Y and X are in fucking military speak. And like Yankee, Yankee, whatever X is and then Zulu. And he's like, these guys are just trainees. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, they're more than just trainees. <clears throat> so anyway, maybe I missed this. Who's Tommy yeah. Jones in this? Uh, he's Brad Little, the grizzled um, veteran pilot that's training these guys. Okay, he's like the best flight instructor that the army has. So he's and he's and, he, and he's using the video game to train them. Yeah, yeah, because that's how they train them, right? Before they let them get up in the plane, yeah, or the helicopter. So. You know, just my very limited research, which in, so far uh, is, is just Wikipedia, that it actually is a real video game called Gunship oh, really? 2000. Yeah, it's a computer oh, game. Oh, yeah. Well, it was 2000 and 1989, I guess. So, <laughs> right. Um, so they fail ultimately in like wiping out all these fake enemy tanks mm. because Nicolas Cage has this weird. Oh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. It's this weird shit with his eyes where he can, um, uh, like use like the, um, targeting. Like, it's basically like in a, a New Hope when Luke, like, brings down the targeting reticle mm-hmm. and it's like in front of his eye. Like, that's what Nick Cage has to do, but he can't see through it. Like, he can't focus. So, shouldn't this have been, shouldn't this have disqualified him to fly in a fucking Apache helicopter? Oh no, I lost Frank. All right. So he's my guess on this movie until he comes back is that um he that Nick Cage is going to um not be able to do this, but he is eventually going to be able to do this, is my guess of how this movie is going to um eventually play out. Somebody was calling me. I just I just gave I just gave the, the listeners my prediction of how this movie ends. Go. Oh, are we back on then? We are. We we were never um, not we were never not gone, Frank. I think it was I had to order food for people at work and I think it was Pat's calling me to tell me that they were there. 
Hold, hold on. Now, I don't want to get off topic too bad here, but are you telling me that you just ordered food for people at work when you're not at work? Yeah, yeah, I told him I'd give him different <laughs> Okay, sorry. Continue with the fire birds. Um, hold on, I gotta tell this dude where to go. And then I gotta tell them. <laughs> uh, all right. Live so, podcast. Right. You know, it's like you get all the action of like the real world on the big <laughs> Like we're we're living in the now. We're we're, we're coming um, back to this ordering thing, but go ahead. So even though he fails, um, Tommy Lee Jones takes him up in the Apache, and Nick Cage proves that he's like the best pilot ever, basically. Mm. Um, by and it's it's really just like a like a fetish video at this point of like helicopters doing tricks in the air. So like obviously like I was like like entertained watching it. Um. So they get past his disability, and honestly, I don't remember how. Like, I swear to God, it happens in, like, one scene, and I don't really remember what was happening. Um, so everyone's trained, and they're all on this mission. So they go out to, they go back to South America, and it's two Apache helicopters, and then um, Sean Young on her helicopter. Um, and they're going out to, like, take cartels out down in South America. So... They immediately run into now the cartels have jets that they're flying around mm. to like patrol their airspace. So these Colombian, I guess they're Colombian cartels have two jets and this helicopter like protecting their airspace. So Tommy Lee Jones takes out a jet, but then they get shot down by the helicopter. So he crashes and his um, gunner dies, but he's alive. So then. Sean Young is like targeted by the um hell like the the mercenary, um, but then Nick Cage comes and saves her and she gets away, and then she lands to rescue Tommy Lee Jones. But there's a second jet, so Tommy Lee Jones talks her through basically building like a shoulder-mounted rocket launcher from like parts that are in the Apache, mm-hmm. and she shoots down the second jet while Nick Cage does these amazing aerial acrobatics and takes out the mercenary. kind of acrobatics so, you do? I don't, I don't know anything about helicopters. What kind of acrobatics you do in a helicopter? We know a helicopter can hover. So basically, right. they go over this low ridge, and Nicolas Cage like dips down immediately, but points his nose up. So as soon as the mercenary flies past them, like, he can just lock on and shoot him down, which, which happens. Mm. Um... So then that's it, really. Like, he's a hero, and they go back out and they rescue Sean Young and um, Tommy Lee Jones from the wreckage in the desert. And um, Sean Young and Nick Cage get back together because they were always in love and they were meant to be. Um, And as Tommy Lee Jones, because he broke both his legs in the helicopter crash, as he's being carted (laughs) off, he's like, (laughs) okay. You guys are real Americans, or how it isn't called real Americans, he calls them like true blue Americans or something. It's real hokey. Um, and then this like faux Phil Collins song plays, which was apparently composed by hold on, uh, David Newman. Um, but it, it, I, I thought it was Phil Collins, like I kept waiting. I was like, man, it sounds just like a Phil Collins song, but it's not, it's just a really bad. Um, like 80s pop song, 
Um, and that's it. That's the movie. A lot of helicopters. So there's a really there's a couple of really funny scenes in this movie. Like, um, the, w- one of the best is so when he when he does this like amazing maneuver to get the mercenary past him, he's like gonna kill him, and then he kills him, mm. and like the guy explodes, and like that's it. Um, so it's. No, take what you ever have thought about Nick Cage and his like ego and multiply it by 10 because he's like just all fucking pro Nick Cage. But like, like Jake Preston is the greatest man that's ever lived, basically. Right. And men love him and women love him, and he's the best pilot. And even like his personality flaws aren't really flaws because they're all about like his confidence and you know his ability to like get through any situation and overcome any odds and yeah it's that's it that's the movie what's the direction like in this i'm is it there it's like like i said it's like watching a discovery channel show about like the apache attack helicopter i mean they talk all about like the specs and it's air dominance and how amazing it is. I, like, it's seriously, it's a commercial for being a pilot in the army, basically, with um, Nick Cage. And it was all written by, um, like, this. So the story comes from three people, including Dale Dye. Do you know who he is? I do know who Dale Dye is. Yeah. He's... Um, so it's, he's like the main story idea behind it. And then it was, the screenplay was written by two people. So there's like five people involved in the story where nothing happens. Right. Where basically somebody saw Top Gun and was like, you know what? That's our movie. But with helicopters. Um, and a le- less charismatic leading man with somehow even more like egomaniacal like tendencies. Um, yeah. So that's that's the whole movie. I see where um, Vincent Candy said that the film has many laughs all of them unintentional and criticizes cage by saying he plays the sort of b picture role that might have once suited william gargan unlike mr gargan though mr cage insists on acting cage simply won't quit he never listens to or sees anybody else in the scene being too busy monitoring his own utterly mysterious attention getting responses yeah that's about right How's Tommy Lee Jones in this? He's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Late 80s, early 90s, Tommy Lee. You know, like, gruff but lovable. Um, little little wisecrack here and there. Yeah, but always in awe of Jake Preston and his skills. Mm, because everything's about Preston. Right. I mean, like, no one in this movie ever fails to tell him how great he is. Even when Sean Young is telling him basically that like she's never going to sleep with him again, she still is like, yeah, you're the greatest. It's like, yeah, you're the best. But you just love helicopters too much. It's never going to work because I want to be a pilot and you want to be a pilot. And he's like, well, what's wrong with you having kids and cooking dinner? And she's like, oh, can I want something for myself? And he's like, you could want that. But, but then he still ends up with her in the end because he's the greatest. There's all kinds of fake camaraderie in it. And, you know, I mean, I, whatever. Like, seriously, he's trying to be Top Gun. But without the, like, Val Kilmer, like, rivalry part to it, 
because mm-hmm. no one is a rival to Jake Preston. He's just the greatest. And he'll right. tell you he's the greatest, like repeatedly throughout the movie. <laughs> um That's interesting. Uh this was Firebirds, uh the movie the Time Lee Jones did before Firebirds is the package, which I was telling you about before we that I watched the other night before we started the podcast. Um right. Gene Hockman. Oh. It's also kind of crazy because, like, for all the talk of, like, cartels and everything, the only bad guy you see in the whole movie is the Stoller, like, character, the mercenary. And all you ever see of him is his head in a pilot's helmet in his little helicopter, like, making, like, grimace faces as he, um, I don't mean grimace, like, McDonald's, you know, like, monster. Better if he did. He's grimacing. That'd be funny if he was making like, oh, grim faces. Um, so there's no character there either, except that he's he's a mercenary that's like an ace pilot, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, Dale Dye is in the movie too. I forgot about that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Dale Dye, um, Dale Dye's fine, like performance wise and most things, because he just plays the same role all the time. So that's the role he plays here. Yeah. He's um he's the guy that's in charge of the Apache unit that he like assigns Tommy Lee Jones to train, basically. Right. Right. And like look, man, it is not at all a good movie. And I think like unless you have this weird fixation with helicopters that I have, like it's not even like an entertaining movie. I don't know why anyone would watch this movie. Right. I can't believe I paid to watch this movie. It's probably a better way to put it. What did you have to pay for this? Do you know? It was like three ninety nine or something. You know, right. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. what, do you, what do you what do you what do you rate this movie? Oh man, this is like a two mm. out of ten. I mean, it, and the other problem too is that, like in Top Gun, because of the way the jets work. You get a very clear idea of what's happening in Top Gun's action sequences, you know? Right. Because the jets are always flying, like, forward and then having to, like, maneuver and get around each other and, you know, oh, I got to do the barrel roll or whatever to, like, flip over top. But because helicopters are so are so maneuverable, you never even kind of get a clear idea of what's happening in any of the action sequences. So it's not like... You look at something like Black Hawk Down or um, Flight of the Intruder or something. A lot of those movies take place on the ground, right? Like, it's not a whole lot of helicopter action because, like, kind of tough to film helicopters, you know, just like flying around and shooting at each other. Um, With any real sense of, like, continuity or I don't know. You're either, like, right in the cabin with Cage and his, his, you're either in the cockpit with the pilots. So you're just like staring at somebody's head on your screen mm-hmm. or you're filming from far away. These helicopters like maneuvering around. And I guess it's impressive. I mean, again, like sucker for helicopters, but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, it's like a two, maybe a three. What about cage? It's not a good performance. I mean, it's like a five. It's funny to have see him going like, Oh, the greatest. Oh, I'm the greatest. Oh, I'm the greatest. But it's also like there's so I don't know. It, it's like he looked at a cardboard cutout of 
um, Tom Cruise, like, in his flight jacket with his aviators on. And, like, that was the method that he used for his acting because it's, like, completely flat and wooden. Uh, it's 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 a bad performance. It's like a it's like a three on the cage scale. It, it's so close to being so funny, but he takes it so seriously that it drains like a lot of the humor out of the performance itself. But in that sense, because he's so like you feel like he believes that he's the greatest. It's like, you know we were talking about Sergeant Slaughter the other night. How he like would make up military stories to stay in kayfabe about, like, his time in the military, even though he never served. Yes. I feel like this probably would happen to Tom or um, Nick Cage for, like, months after he filmed this movie, where he truly believed that he was, like, the greatest pilot mm. of helicopters in the world. Well, I think he was on. I think, well, I don't want to impugn Cage's character. Pretty sure he was uh, doing a lot of coke and stuff around this time. So... It's very possible. So yeah, so that's Firebirds. That was as unimpressive as I uh, thought it would be. <clears throat> um, It was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, because I thought it was definitely going to be... I thought it was going to be a lot more of like the romance stuff. Like I really thought it was going to be like a much less engaging version of Top Gun. Right. Which it is, but it's definitely much more focused on, like, aerial combat and stuff and, like, showing you helicopters. But you like... I mean, seriously, I'm surprised that it wasn't, like, produced by, like, the American government or... I mean... The army or... I mean, was it maybe not to some degree? I mean, I was reading here, like, all the aerial stunt sequences were coordinated with the National Guard, the United States Army, the United States Air Force. Um... There was like a hundred like different personnel like involved in the production aspects of this. Yeah. Um like they had to use helicopters like from the fucking military. Like, I mean I th- I think you're exactly right. I think it was probably fucking commercial. Like, you know, probably wouldn't surprise me if paid for by well, hold on. Let me see if I can buy this guy. Go ahead. Touchstone. Touchstone in Buena Vista. So Disney basically like produced this movie. Well, it's a movie that has like one producer like listed for it. Yeah, and it's like, who knows what kind of payola? He also, oh, he also produced um, Top Gun, and oh, and the movie in two thousand called Men of Honor. Oh, that's like Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot so, yeah. shots, Pardue, Unstrung Heroes. Hot shots. He just produces everything. Yeah. Benny and June. Alien Resurrection. The fucking Laguna Heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so one more thing about um, Sean Young and my never-ending quest to shit on Sean Young. You know how you know Sean Young? And look, I've heard some of her stories about like what she experienced like um, back in the 80s, and they're horrific. Um, like, Weinstein, like that story. So I feel bad there. But you want to know the, a sure sign that someone's crazy? I just, like, looked here. She was married to this guy, Robert Lujan, or something like that, or Lujan, from 1990 to 2002, and then remarried him in 2011. 
Like that's a surefire sign to me that like dysfunction. Yeah. What's best? What's what's best? Sean Young performance. Ugh. Blade Runner, maybe. Yeah, that's that's the right answer. Come on. Um. She did a guest bit. I remember, like, uh, like. 10, 11 years ago on The Young and Restless for a few weeks as a bartender when Victor Newman was like, I don't know, like on the run or like crashed in a fucking plane for the 20th time and didn't remember who he was or something, but she was a barmaid. That's the best she could get around that time. Because nobody really cared anymore. So all of her movies since 2018 have no links on Wikipedia. Right. Sure. Her husband doesn't have a link on Wikipedia and he actually start he was actually had a minor role in Thunderbirds as a guy named Stuart Reeves. Mm. You click on him, no 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 entry. So she like got him like a small role I guess for that movie like Um I want to play another like real quick little game impromptu game with you here. Okay. We'll we'll start we'll start with the fugitive, um, since that's like his probably largest breakthrough, I would say, um, into the mainstream. So starting with the fugitive, I'm going to just like read off his movies, and you can just say skip if you don't know the movie or don't remember it. But I was thinking as you were talking, it's like Tommy Lee Jones does have like two very distinctive types of roles that he does in the sense that either he's trying to get the movie over or he's trying to get himself over. And so the fugitive, which one do you think it is? Movie. Right. Heaven and Earth. Uh, Movie. Mm -hmm. Blown Away. Self. Yeah. The Client. Self. Mm Mm-hmm. Natural Born Killers. Both. <laughs> Which one do you think it's more of? Mm, him, himself. I, I, yeah, I, I do too. I think he's the only one out of the out of the main four, or even main five, I guess, if he includes the eyes more. But um, that's really trying to more so get himself over to some degree. Uh, Blue Sky. I don't know if I know that movie. Okay. Um, Cobb. I've never seen Cobb. I've seen Blue Sky. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe himself because just because of the portrayal, right? Um, Batman Forever. Neither. <laughs> right. Volcano. Yeah, ain't, 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 ain't nothing getting over in Batman Forever. No. Um, himself and racial racial equality. <laughs> um, Men in Black. The movie. Okay. US that's Marshall. actually that, that's actually probably his best performance, like after the fugitive right. in that span of time. Right. U.S. Marshals. Uh that movie's awful. I don't remember. Um, I'll say the movie, but I I have vague memories of that movie. Small Soldiers animated, right? Uh no. It's, it's not. But he does the he it, he's a voice, so I guess oh, you okay. can. Say it. It's a live action movie. Is it? Um, it I I think that's an NA because okay. he's not. Really I don't know this Double Jeopardy movie. Yeah, you I'm, do. I'm, I, nah, I don't know this movie. Yeah, you do. Is, Ash, is Ashley Judd in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm right. Oh, that was that was. I I've never seen it, but that's just some deep recesses of my brain there. It's movie, right? 
I don't never was an engagement either. Um, William Freakin did that. Oh, um, that's the one with the Samuel Jackson saluting on the cover. I I I know of that movie. I've never um, seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Space Cowboys. Uh, self, but in an ensemble. <laughs> right. It's like the natural born killers thing. Men in Black too. Uh, it's the movie. Uh, I don't know the hunted at all. What about the uh? What about the missing? Oh my god, <laughs> that movie's trying to get you over into the ground. <laughs> it's trying to get you under. We saw that in, like in the theater, right? And Dude, we're like, maybe it's like seven hours long. Yeah, and yeah. And I was so excited to watch that movie before it came out because I was like, yeah, some like real like dark like horror-esque like western and it is fucking garbage i mean was it didn't just end up if i remember correctly what's the what's the good um john wayne movie as if there's only one but which one the searchers no the other man liberty valance no uh true grit maybe it is the searchers which one's the searchers a rocking chair by the fire and a squall i don't know it's the one where the um the kid gets taken um the young girl americans yeah and yeah that's as the searchers i'm thinking of then wasn't yeah. it just the searchers sort of but yeah. much much more dour okay a lot more gritty rocks and gray skies uh i never saw that um the three burials of what is it it's a know? it's a really great movie yeah. He's definitely getting the movie over there because yeah. that movie's um no, I mean, not no. not like great, but like really, really good. And his performance in it's fantastic. It's actually I would tell you that his performance in that is the prototype for his performance in um No Country. No Country. Yeah. It's like it's like it's incidents like three burials that make him the character that he is in no country yeah it just all goes downhill from here in terms of like whatever um i still haven't seen ad astra so i don't know if he's trying to get himself over in that or not he's trying to get a uh, brad pitt over right right no that's the father in it right he plays the father he's, he's the father yeah that's yeah. been disappeared for right. years yeah okay just a, just he's been in that lincoln movie I haven't seen Lincoln. It's like six hours long, too. I'm sure. Sure. Short semester class from what's his name? Day Lewis. But me, I, I did. I, I just don't know. I just can't. So, uh, Cage, um, Cage signed on to a, a new movie uh, this week uh, that'll come out next year. Uh, it's called Butcher's Crossing. And he is playing a um, Kansas buffalo hunter in the 1870s who takes on a young Harvard dropout who's seeking his destiny out west. Sounds terrible. <laughs> um, it is based on the 1960 transcendentalist novel by a guy named John Williams who approached themes about exploring um, man's relationship with the natural world. Directed by a guy who, Gabe Polsky, who produced uh, the Bad Lieutenant movie that he was in. 
Well, bully for me. There's another so, fucking week of my watch, life. Yeah, you'll get to watch that next year. So that'll probably be the second um, revival. That's my guess. Yeah, we'll just do like a like a month long thing where we do like four movies in a month. Right. What is the fucking retirement plan? Did we talk about that? What are you talking about? This other movie that's on this filmography now. No, oh, yeah, I, I mentioned that I think last week, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I told you about that. We're um. Yeah, that was, a, that was that's going to be the first one probably that's going to be part of the revival, like the revival of the Quick Cage, because that's going to be next year. Uh, yeah, that has. Well, a, what's, what's what's your other stuff you have to talk about? I don't have anything else to talk about. Oh, okay. Mary Ellen Trainer was in that movie. You didn't mention her. In what Firebirds? Mm-hmm. What did she play? I don't know. Her her name was the last name of. Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, so I'm oh, assuming okay, wife, yeah. or she, she's literally in like right, yeah, she is in it. It's like 30 seconds of the movie, she doesn't matter. She is, um, she's all over the place, man, like uh, in the 80s, early 90s, like uh, like it's like you somebody grew up during that time and like saw the, all those movies, like knows exactly who she is. Um, in the goon, she played the mother in the goonies of um. The uh, the brothers, but um, she's in *Lethal Weapon* and *Die Hard* and *Scrooge* and *Ghostbusters* too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know yeah. she is. Literally, like thirty seconds. Yeah, she's like, sure. "You're yeah. not a young man anymore." <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he wants to go out and um, you know, he wants to fly the Apache yeah. helicopter too. Oh, and I forgot *Romance in the Stone* too. She's the sister. Oh, uh, *Romance in the Stone*. Yep. I don't have anything food, else. Food I, delivery I, is successful. Oh, well, oh, the food. Um, yes, we do have something else. Okay, no, I'm serious about this. Why in the fuck would you order the food for these people when you are not at work? I paid for it. You paid for it. Well, I mean, I put it on my company card. Is there nobody there to order food for these people that could put it on a company card? There is, but I wanted it to come from me. There are people who just celebrate. Yeah, is this some kind of machination? Like machinations, no, like it's, on it's your nice. part? I'm just being nice. It's people that just celebrated their two year anniversary, and we didn't do anything to mark anyone's two year anniversary. And we were talking about, it, and I was like, you know what? Let me buy you dinner tomorrow night. So I told them to get a list together for the people that are still there that hit their two year anniversary, and I bought them dinner. Just being nice. I think you should celebrate like anniversaries and appreciate people. There's nothing Machiavellian about it. I don't, I mean, whatever. It's a hundred dollars worth of food. So, right. And we'll just go on my expense report next month and I'll forget about it. Did, but anybody, else, did anybody else do that for them for their two year anniversary? Nah, nobody does any shit like that except for me. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks about that kind of stuff. <clears throat> <clears throat> To be honest with you, but like it means stuff to people when you do something for them. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Just are you trying to try and try and trying to shit on my generosity? <clears throat> it's not even my generosity. Are you trying to get I yourself over? Are you trying to get the company over? <clears throat> no, it's, it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> the company is a faceless entity. Like I'm the representative of the company. 
So, of course, I'm getting me over. Right. By using my, you know, my company MasterCard. Or Visa, oh, I forgot that she was the mother and Parker Lewis can't lose as well. That makes sense. <laughs> Parker Lewis can't lose. You know who loved Parker Lewis can't lose? Can't, yeah. Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah. Easter. <laughs> I bet you any amount of money that after Easter listens to this, in like two days, we're going to get a text talking about how great <laughs> Parker Lewis Can't Lose was. <laughs> nah, that's... Uh, he was too old for it at the time, and he's going to shit on it and say that it was... Um, nah, he's not going to like it. I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, he's not going to like it. He's going to think it was like... Uh, he Or he didn't watch it because it was probably like too childish for him. That's my bet. Nah, he loved that show. He was definitely watching it. Did you get any good Prime Day deals today or yesterday? No. no. There were some good ones. Like, I don't know. I like, like what? Um, I got did a new you, did you did, Sorry, did you get anything on your Prime Day deals? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm reminded because I'm looking through them right now. Mm. Um, I got an immersion blender, a new one. Mm-hmm. which I'm excited for because my old one um, I didn't really like so this one was like half off and looks like it's pretty good and then I got um some cups like what I got a cups? set of glass cups? cups yeah you know like tumblers okay um I got a set of four for like two dollars and nine cents mm. nice which seemed like a pretty good deal I know like 23 and me because Brandy had talked about possibly doing that at some point, and um, they were doing like a half price thing, so it's like a hundred dollars rather than two hundred. Um, but no, oh yeah, I saw that on there too. Nobody, nobody, nobody got anything. Um, I, I, I look at news websites and see what they tell me is going on in terms of best deals. I refuse to go to Amazon and like look around myself. It's just something you do when you're bored. It's just the thing the body does when you shake it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. I have I have some kind of like aversion to like that whole like um Prime thing, like the the Prime Day thing. I don't I don't know what it is. It probably like puts me like if I do it, it makes me feel like I'm like probably like too human or something. Like I'm like just doing what everybody else is doing. Probably like an egotistical, like awful thing about myself or something that it reveals. At least you can admit it. Um, speaking of that, I read this interesting article today that was talking about uh, how, like, there's no longer any like TV hits anymore. Okay. And like massive, like TV hits. Um, and it seemed like they were kind of linking it to the idea that there's no common culture anymore. And like part of that, like relates to politically, socially and stuff like that. Um, is that we like have like lost the common culture and television is a big reason for that because they're with people like cutting cable, like, you know, and all those kind of things that like nobody watches the same shit anymore because there's so many options. So it's like, even things like, you know, 15 years ago, like idol where like so many people like watched fucking American idol. I mean, including, us like assholes i mean um like there's like that that commonality is just like lost now 
I don't agree with that. I think that's a dumb hot take. How many people do you know that watched Mayor of Easttown? Me, you, Easter, three. Right? Did Easter watch that? Mm-hmm. I know probably three dozen people at work that watch that show. I know two other people besides that, but that's it. So then... But I don't talk to many people, so... Right. And on Facebook, like, people were talking about it all the time. Like, sharing stories about it and talking about how great it was. Yeah. So even though you don't have, like, Nielsen ratings to show that, that's a hit. People love that show. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the most popular things outside of Game of Thrones, like... Mandalorian. Mandalorian's a colossal hit. Right. Because it's not on, like, regular TV, it still is a TV show, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 bad hot take, in my opinion. Okay. Now, there's way too much of a glut of television because of like Netflix and Prime. Well, and that's a different discussion, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> absolutely. So people's attention is spread among like way more things than it was 20 years ago, you know. You know what's interesting is we were talking... What were we talking about the other day? Somebody mentioned something that had been on television. And I was trying to think, oh, Bledsoe texted us about um, WWE Sunday Night Heat, right? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think, like, why would I have never watched an episode of Sunday Night Heat? And it's because everything was on fucking Sunday night, like all the good television. So why would I ever have watched an episode of Sunday Night Heat, right? Like what, like Simpsons and X-Files and all that? Simpsons, X-Files, um, Sopranos around that time. Um, yeah, I guess that would have started in 99. Oz but, yeah. was on Sunday night, right? Or was Oz on Oz, Oz started, uh, it was all on Sunday night, I think, um, and on HBO. But um, yeah, Oz would have started the year before that. So that definitely would have fallen in the prime heat era. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to watch two hours of TV every Sunday night straight. <sighs> sure. Plus an hour of um, Seventh Heaven, just to warm up so like i don't know i just i i feel like everything was much more concentrated so it's easy to yeah. say that like it's less now but it's just because we have so many more options yeah i mean all right i mean I, appointment television is certainly gone though largely Yeah, like that, that idea true. of like sitting down like that and like watch everybody watching something at the same time is gone. I mean, a hundred percent. But also because every single one of us can sit down anytime I mean, we it, want. How how often? Work. Like, so I know that there's a lot of people watching it like within a day or so. But I mean, like, how often does it happen with us all the time? That like we um like the Mandalorian. Like, what was I like? Two, like, I was like two months behind, right? Like, you know, um, right because you want to watch them all. I want to watch, watch them all, and then and then it's like I'm not paying I, I'm not paying the fifteen dollars like or whatever it is like for um like constantly, like so like I think I was like two months behind the entire like experience of that. I'm sure there's plenty of other people that are like doing the same. So it's like it's even like that common experience is still fractured to some degree. Right, but this is my thing. It still exists as a common experience. Like we talked about Mandalorian, me, you, and Orion and marked out to it even though we all watched it at different times like we weren't sitting there 
gathering around the water cooler but now like everybody at the water cooler like proverbially has different stuff to talk about so then you're sharing like oh well if you like that show i watched this show and it was really great and it's like okay it's only six episodes i'll, I'll check it out i don't know I I'll just I, yeah, probably probably tell him watch Archer. It really would be Archer. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I just think that it's. I think it's still there. I just think it's different, and I, you know, it's not going to be the same ever. Yeah, like we're never going to go back to. Well, no, I mean, I hope to God we don't ever go back to the days where we're all just forced to watch. You know the same shit because we only have like eight channels to choose from or whatever sure you might be more slowly heading back there than you know i mean but sure that might be true i mean who knows what's gonna happen with that's um... that's, you know because i mean all these little services can't survive right i mean i don't know the ones that we like seem to be doing pretty well what are you talking about like, what do you mean by little services? Like, uh, eventually, like, you know, like, like, CBS can't survive on its own, right? Like, and so, same thing when, whenever ABC eventually develops, like, you know, I guess ABC, is that, is ABC owned by Fox? I can't remember. ABC is owned by Disney. Right. So, they'll be fine. Yeah. But, I mean, like, where's the ABC stuff going to go? Is that That's not going to go on Disney Plus because Disney Plus is a brand, right? So, it's like, that's why it's all on Hulu right now, which is owned by Disney, right? I mean, but, like, Fox right now is also under... Are they owned by Disney? Yep. They are? Okay. So, yeah, so I guess that's why it's all on Hulu. Um, hmm. I don't know. I just don't see, like, Paramount, like, surviving. Um, Peacock might be able to. Like, we'll see. Um, yeah, I feel like NBC is kind of out on its own in a way, but they're they're owned by somebody too, though. Well, com is it Comcast? I don't that might saying. be right. But that's, um, that's the thing is, like, yeah, that's the, so, that's the joke on Thirty Rock is like the cable town comes in and buys up NBC. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I watch, I I subscribe to a lot of small channels, but they're all roped into Prime or something. You know what I mean? Well, right, and that's going to be the thing is like as, as things like amalgamate, like you know, over time, these smaller things are going to have to end up like attaching themselves to one thing or another. Um, it was just be interesting to see, like you know, I mean, so while it might be these little services, like they'll be attached to bigger things, so it could be back down to where you're down to like eight or nine, let's say channels and quotation marks which is like streaming services that like you can add on things to those streaming services. And let's say like prime Netflix, Hulu, um, and then maybe a some survive like Peacock or something like that. Like, I, I just think you're going to be down to a number of them after a while with these add-ons like for five, $5 a pop, you know? Right. I think, and I think that's a good model. <clears throat> I It'll just be back to cable prices all over again. Well, I mean, yours already is cable prices, so. With all the variety. <laughs> you got Star Yeah, so Firebirds, don't watch it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was given, like, before we started this podcast. Aren't you excited it's done now, though? 
Yeah, I, I, I you you started talking about it like, and I got so like bored that I just like marked it off like two minutes into the podcast. It was right around the congressional testimony time. I just like pulled it up and just marked it off. Joint Chiefs so. of Staff, sir. They're in the war room. Right. All you got left is a time to kill and not the not the time to kill or a time to kill or whatever, but time to kill. Um, right. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. Is that not anywhere? I've never looked. I don't care. I mean, you could finish in 1989 at that point. Let's look right now. I'm on it. There's a premium subscription to that Fubo channel. You can watch it. Fubo? No. Fubo. How do you spell that? F-U-B-O. It's, there's a, if you sign up, there's a seven-day free trial. So, <clears throat> Yeah, but the problem is I always forget about it, and then I end up paying for it for three years. Right, and this could be like, I think this is this is like a TV thing, so it's like, could be a thing where it's like fucking, yeah, right. It's it's $65 a month, <laughs> so you don't want to forget about it if that's the case. Oh. God, they're really trying to suck you in with that uh, vintage mm-hmm. cake. Hey, you get 100, 100 plus live TV channels, 130 plus events in 4K, and then you get free cloud DVR for 30 hours. None of that sounds appealing. Try it for free, no commitment. Cancel anytime. What year is that time to kill? 89, you said, right? 89. F- Fubo has it listed as 2017, but. Um, it's 1989. Uh, damn, really? it really isn't on Prime, is it? No. No. Fuck me. It is only on. It is only on Fubo, or you can rent it, or I mean, buy it. I guess, like somewhere. Um. Yes, that's usually my way. God, the, <clears throat> the, the little teaser for this is a soldier played by Cage in Africa, leaves this camp in need of a dentist, but an act of passion leads to bizarre events. Jesus. Uh, Any more Coney did the soundtrack to it, though. Uh, that's cool. Damn, man, it's not even on YouTube. Oh, I don't want to buy this fucking movie. Just get a seven-day free trial. No, I'll forget. I'm telling you, I'm going to get charged like $67 (laughs) to to, to rent this. (laughs) It is 100% full movie on YouTube. Yeah? Fuck yes. There you go. To playlists. There you go. Watch later. Done. Oh my god, he's got epilepsy epaulets on. <laughs> Fucking Fubo. <clears throat> All right. Grisham on his new sequel to 1989. Did he get a Grisham? <laughs> <laughs> well, you should watch that for next week and then um you're just done 89. Hmm. I'm kind of feeling that, but I don't know. I was gonna watch something else for next week and surprise mm-hmm. you. Gotcha. USS Indianapolis. Oh my god. No. All right. Oh. 
Snowden, <laughs> World Trade Center, <laughs> fucking no, I keep forgetting that you haven't watched World Trade Center. We Burton, talk about that for Whatever. Um, I'll watch Gone in 60 Seconds sometime in the next probably month, I would say. Well, I'm very, very drunk during that. Yeah. How many views do you... It, it was posted three years ago. How many views does it have? Three years ago? Yeah. 26. 54,000. What? 54,000 times the Nick Cage time to kill from 1989 that I didn't even know existed. Okay, 54,000. How many people clicked on it thinking that it was a time to kill with Matthew McConaughey? How many people stayed for the movie? Well, right. <laughs> I mean, we... Right. They were like, hey, this Nick Cage movie is really engaging. I mean, I, I wish I you could see the thumbnail because he looks like constipated and hot. And hot. Right. Just leaning against this rock. He's looking for a dentist, you said? Yes. Oh my God, this movie's going to be so bad. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh, I can't wait. I can wait. I'm going to wait. Oh, this is actually, hold on. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's 89. So, yeah, you'll have, like, basically everything done except for, like, those movies from, like, 84 to 86. Birdie. Um, yeah, it's uh, Racing with the Moon, Cotton Club, Birdie, Boy in Blue. Um, One of those movies, he is, he's in for, like, 30 seconds, and I don't think I should have to watch it. I think I'm just going to find his part in it and watch that. I mean, he's... Sean Pennell is the governor. Nicholas Cage of the top three build in Racing with the Moon. Um, I know he's in that one. Cotton Club. Yeah, it's Cotton Club. You might Which actually, one you might actually like the Cotton Club. Right, I know. I was gonna say that's the one that I'm actually like sort of looking right. for. Uh, like Richard Greer, Gregory Hines in a 1930s Harlem like American crime drama. Like, I mean, it seems like the best one on the list. <laughs> Got an Alan Parker directed Birdie. I am really dreading watching Birdie because I think that movie is going to be fucking abysmal. The second build after Odin. And the Boy in Blue yeah, is know. Boy in Blue is all him. Fucking rowing, rowing champion Nick Cage. Motherfucker. <laughs> Man, you, you did this to yourself. Fuck it. That's just like I mean, you you talk about your goddamn white people movies. There's a goddamn white people movie. Rowing champion. Cotton Club is free at least on MDiv TV. Hmm. Nice. God, it's 139 minutes. Hmm. I mean. Birdie is um, 120 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's one of the reasons. It, let me tell you something. The two hours and 19 minute run times of all those true life thrillers that he's in in the, like, the early 2000s are keeping me from watching them. Fucking USS Indianapolis, Men of Honor 2, fucking Sharks in the Water. Hey. Mario, <laughs> Mario Van Peebles directed it. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Could be all right. 
All it's right. not going to be at all. It's not. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <sighs> all right. All right. Thanks good for night. listening, everybody. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>